we are on autopilot. We just wake up, we go to work, we do our thing, we come home, we cook dinner, we spend time with our family, we go to bed. And it's like the same thing every single day. And sometimes we're present, sometimes, oftentimes we're not. We're preoccupied with the future or stress about the past. That's Mazuma Alam Chohan, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. I'm Kara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you anything is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success, who are living their best and most ridiculous lives and making an impact are often people you've never heard of until now. As more and more Americans are identifying as having high levels of stress and anxiety, we need to be advocates for ourselves individually and for our teams and employees professionally to have the tools needed to reduce stress and anxiety and find more balance in our lives. Masuma Alam Chohan is the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Take Your Lunch Break, helpful tips for relieving work-related stress. She's also a TEDx speaker, industrial and organizational psychologist, wife, daughter, and mother. In this episode, we dive into how to take care of yourself, how to take care of your team, and how even two minutes a day can change your life and the impact you're making in the world. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Let's tell everyone uh, who you are, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my name is Masuma Alam Chohan. And I am in Buffalo, New York, <laughs> sunny Buffalo. Actually, our weather is beautiful right now. It's like low 80s, very comfortable, very nice. Um, I don't mind the snow. That's people always ask, like, how's the <laughs> weather there in the winter? So snow is great. I am um, a business psychologist. I did my master's in IO psychology. And I previously had been had completed two years of medical school and anxiety uh, forced me to sort of drop out of medical school, you know, which we can probably talk about a little bit later. And I just released my first book called Take Your Lunch Break, Helpful Tips for Relieving Work-Related Stress. And um, yeah, it's been like three months now. So it's really exciting. I also did a TEDx talk on overcoming anxiety. So I'm a huge advocate for helping those suffering from anxiety and mental health. And that's sort of like my passion nowadays. Well, we have so much that we need to talk about into those areas. <laughs> um, I want to go back to the origin story, though, of how you ended up you know, having this be your career and your area of specialty, it can be so hard to choose um, or to, I should say, to to pivot from the path that you thought was yes. going to be yours. You know, when you decided to stop going to medical school, yes. where was your head at? How are you feeling about yourself? And what made you then pivot into psychology? Yeah. I mean, that was probably the hardest decision of my life. It was very, very difficult because my whole life I wanted to be a doctor. My dad's a doctor. That's what I grew up around. Um, it was my dream. And so when my mental health got in the way of that and 
uh, it took me a very long time to decide to drop out of something that was affecting my mental health. It was not an easy decision, but ultimately it was the best decision. And now looking back, I am so happy and glad that I chose a different career path that was more suitable for me and my personality and more fulfilling, I would say, in a lot of ways. Um, So it wasn't easy. My parents were like, listen, like you are really... Um, you know, you're not doing well. Like I wasn't eating, I wasn't sleeping. I was like for one month, I was agoraphobic, which means I didn't leave my home. Um, And at that point, you know, when sometimes when we hit the rock bottom, we realize, okay, something's got to give, like I got to change something here. Um, It's not what something's not working. And so I chose, uh, I did my bachelor's in biology and psychology. So I had done a double major and psychology was also my other passion. And so I sort of like fell back on that, um, that sec, I guess, plan B, I would say. Mm -hmm. And uh, I went into business psychology because it wasn't clinical psychology because I am an empath and I sort of take on everyone's pain and feel everything. So I was like, I don't know if I want to do clinical psych because it's just a lot, but business psych seems something that I could do and something that I could be comfortable and enjoy. And when I started my master's, I was like, wow, I love this. This is so interesting, you know, learning um, how humans behave in the workplace and how to motivate them and through incentives, et cetera, just like understanding human, human behavior in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, at that time, it felt like the worst thing that was happening to me. But now uh, looking back, it was the best thing that happened to me. And I, I think a lot of people could probably relate to that in their life. There's moments where we are like, oh my God, like my life is ending, but it ends up being the biggest blessing later on. So that's a good like Uh, moral of that story that I also remind myself Mm -hmm. when something, when I'm struggling with something currently, I say, well, maybe actually this is better than what I even had planned. Yeah. Um, And then once you um, went into back into the organizational behavior space, which I also think is so interesting. Yes. Did you automatically see a career path or was it just an interest that you were following and then it started to spill out? kind of ahead of you. Yeah, exactly. I really didn't know what I was going to do with that uh, master's, to be honest. There's a lot of things you can do with it. There's a lot of different fields, consulting or working with, um, you know, universities or businesses, et cetera. But I just really didn't know I was following a passion and I was like, okay, you know what? Like, let's just wing it. And uh, let's just see where it takes me. And then when anxiety started affecting my work, when I was uh, working at a nonprofit and I was anxious at work, I was anxious about like my deadlines and when I would have to speak to my boss and my performance evaluation and all of these things that were really causing me a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. uh, I started looking for resources to sort of like, lower that stress. And I felt like I really couldn't find anything good out there um, that was helpful. Obviously, I was in therapy at the time and all that, but I I don't know. I'm a researcher. So I like research everything. I like to learn about everything. And so I just kept doing so much research. And 
after my TEDx talk about overcoming anxiety, like that was 10 minutes. I was like, you know, there's so much more I could really say to help people to like give back and to share what I've learned over. Like I had anxiety for about nine years. Mm -hmm. So all these things that I've learned and researched, like I want to share this with the world. And so that's why I decided to write a book about it so that I could have this one place where somebody who's struggling, just like I was, they could go to this place and find a lot of tools and techniques and tips and tricks and um, life skills and time management skills and habit building, but as well as stress reduction techniques, like the whole shebang. It's like a, it's like a very research driven, but also a lot of personal stories. Um, So I tried to make it a little entertaining to read, not like boring. (laughs) So hopefully, you know, people enjoy it. And so far people have been really loving it, which is really humbling because I did spend four years writing this book. So it just means so much to me that people are enjoying it and liking it and it's helping them, which was the ultimate goal. So yeah, I just kind of follow your passion and like, see where it leads you. Um, Because sometimes, you know, we plan things and God plans and Things just fall, you know, wherever the wind blows, whatever God plans. So, mm-hmm. yeah. How does it feel to be an Amazon bestseller? <laughs> Thank you. I mean, it's the best feeling, you know, it's just like your book, something you put so much work, hard work, passion into like blood, sweat, and tears and hours on end. And that, people like it and they're enjoying it. And um, I'm getting such, thank God, like positive reviews and that it's helpful. And it's like, I mean, sometimes I feel bad, but some people have quit their jobs because of my book, and which I'm like, that's not the goal. But, you know, if you realize something like mm-hmm. this isn't really working for me and my mental health is being affected, then, you know, that's great. And so it's just, um, it's really humbling. And I'm just so grateful. I'm really, really grateful. Well, I think it's so fabulous whenever we can offer people a tool to really pause and evaluate the choices that we've all made. Like we're so bad at choosing things without intention Mm -hmm. and without checking in to see, is it good for us or not? Yeah. Um, we're recording this in July and we're right in the middle of having a conversation with my group coaching about like having a mid-year check-in and reset and nobody wants to make time for it. I'm like, you have to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So important. So so I love that you're encouraging people to choose that. Um, And if people are quitting their job because of it, I think they're truly, (laughs) you know, it's a good thing, right? They're following their heart and what they need. And they're also with millions of other people right now who are choosing very different paths than they may have pre-pandemic. Exactly. You know, when you think about how you incorporate your own teachings into your life, how regularly are you pausing to check in with yourself? Yeah, I mean, that's such a good point that you make because we are on autopilot, right? We just wake up. We go to work, we do our thing, we come home, we cook dinner, we spend time with our family, we go to bed. And it's like the same thing every single day. And sometimes we're present, sometimes, oftentimes we're not. We're preoccupied with the future or stressed about the past. And so oftentimes we don't just stop, take a deep breath, look around and say like, I'm here, right here, right now. 
And let me see, check in with myself. Like, how am I feeling? Or reassess, like, is this what I want to do with my life? Is this what's bringing me joy? Is this what's going to help me grow? Um, We don't take much time to just stop and reflect. And reflection is actually a great self-love, self-care tool. We don't think of that. We think of like taking baths or getting our nails done as self-love, which it can be, but also sitting and meditating and reflecting on our life is also self-care. That's the, it's not easy always. <laughs> it's not easy to um, deal with sometimes our personal issues, but it's really necessary. Mm-hmm. And I this is one of the things that I always say is oftentimes we use work as uh, escape. Yeah. We use work to not deal with our personal issues and conflicts. And what ends up happening is we end up overworking to avoid our personal conflicts and issues. And what happens is we burn out because we're not doing enough of what brings us joy, what recharges us, like our hobbies or Mm -hmm. spending time with our family. Um, So we think we're actually like avoiding certain situations where they keep growing. And then we don't do enough of what like replenishes our soul and we end up burning out. And so Mm -hmm. it's very important to take that time to reflect, to sit, to reassess where you are um, because you don't want to burn out. And it's important to take preventative measures like before you're burned out, while you're burning out, like (laughs) recognize those signs to say, okay, you know what? I need to stop, be more in the present moment and start taking care of myself. And I know it's not always easy to deal with personal issues. They're uncomfortable. It's difficult. Mm -hmm. It's messy. It's like dealing with hard and difficult emotions. And it's like, oh, I don't want to deal with it. Nobody wants to, I get it. But after that, comes growth. You know, like that saying, that quote where like you think you're being buried, like a seed is being buried under the mud, but really that's your growth. And that's where the biggest growth happens is through our biggest struggles. And, um, you know, the universe sort of nudging you to maybe make a change or uh, this is how you're going to grow. And so if you see it that way, if you change your mindset instead of like, oh, this is horrible, this sucks, which it may, but rather, okay, let me use this as a growth opportunity. Like what is, Mm -hmm. what is, what is my body telling me? What is my life telling me? Where do I need to make a change and maybe start taking care of yourself? So yeah, stop and reflect. (laughs) It's so hard to, to put ourselves first, isn't it? Oh yes. I'm, (laughs) I'm a mom. I get it. It's very hard to put yourself first um, because of the guilt. Like you feel guilty or you feel selfish, Mm -hmm. but like they said, put on your mask before you put on somebody else's mask. And people are like, well, why? Like, well, if you don't, then you're going to be passed out. And the person next to you is also going to be passed out. So there's a no (laughs) winning situation there. Um, And that's another thing is I tell moms is like, change your mindset. If you do feel guilty or selfish, they I'm doing this for my kids, actually, or Mm -hmm. I'm doing this for my family. So yeah, if you have trouble doing it for yourself, then say, actually, me taking five minutes to sit and drink my coffee or tea, just in peace, and like, you know, my husband's watching my kids or whatever, 
um, I'm doing this so that I can recharge, be more patient, be more present with my kids. Because let's be real, when you're not, when you don't take time for yourself, I myself, I could speak for myself is like, I'm way less patient. Mm -hmm. I lose my patience way faster. Um, I'm not present. I want to just like be on my phone or put on a screen and I don't want to play. I'm tired. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) But if we like, when I do get like, say an hour in the morning, just to like do my thing, then I'm like there, I'm present, I'm playing, I'm running, I'm enjoying myself. I'm way more patient. I can put up with the tantrums. And that is like, if you could tell yourself that, especially as a mom, then, you know, you're going to go a long way and you're going to not be burnt out. You're going to enjoy your life more. You're going to enjoy your kids more. You're not going to be resenting them. Right. So there's been such a wave of talking about mental health more openly and talking about how, you know, essentially every human is dealing with anxiety or depression or some other yes. spectrum of mental health at any given time. Mm-hmm. What are you optimistic about with that conversation shifting and how do you see it shifting with the organizations that you work with? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one good thing that did come out of the pandemic is that mental health became a forefront of conversation because so many of us did suffer during the pandemic. We felt lonely. We felt um, isolated. Um, anxiety and depression were, were on the rise or still on the rise. And um, it was like, we can't hide this anymore. We can't sweep mm-hmm. this under the rug anymore. We need to talk about these issues because people feel alone. And when I talk about it or somebody else talks about it, it makes you feel less alone. And that in itself can be a game changer because I felt alone for a very long time when I was struggling with anxiety. And I thought the things that I was experiencing were unique to me. And I thought I was going crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going psycho. I'm going to be in a loony bin. I'm going to be in the psych ward. Like these are the things that you kind of experience. And then when I read the book dare, which is a, like an amazing book, I highly recommend everybody. It's on Amazon dare. Um, I was reading some of the symptoms, especially like depersonalization and derealization where you feel kind of out of your body, you feel disconnected from reality. Um, I was like, whoa, I'm not the only one that feels this. Like I'm not, other people experience this as well. And that was like a pivot moment for me, especially in my recovery journey. Um, And so that's that's what I'm optimistic about is that, Uh, you know, we all feel anxious and there's different degrees of like anxiety and, you know, being diagnosed with anxiety is very different than feeling anxious um, on like, you know, a known trigger, like, okay, like I have a speech coming up. I feel stressed and anxious about that. That's very Mm -hmm. normal. Mm -hmm. However, like anxiety disorder, like you can, you can just be hanging out with your friends, family, and all of a sudden have this like response, sympathetic response, like, that you're going to like lose it. And there's no known trigger. There's nothing that Mm -hmm. caused it. It just happens. Um, Your alarm just goes off and it can be very scary. And it's like, you know, that dread and apprehension that rises and your heart rate is increasing and you're sweating, et cetera. And, you know, so that can be very overwhelming, but the more we talk about it, the more we'll feel less alone. And for instance, like my story, I love, to share it because I can give people hope Mm 
And I can inspire people that listen, like, I know it's hard and it sucks, but if you put in the work, then you can overcome it. You can come on the other side and live a fulfilling life and live with anxiety in a way that you're not diagnosed with it. You may still feel anxious and I still do here and there, but you know how to deal with it. You have the tools to sort of breathe with it, sit with it, accept it, allow it. And then it's gone within a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, if I can just tell anybody out there who's suffering that there is hope that you can live a great life and do everything that you're even afraid of. Like I had a fear of flying, driving, fainting, you name it. Like, I would like had all these fears and I overcame all of them. And, you know, I fly all the time. I love flying. I drive all the time. I don't mm-hmm. like, it's not an issue. So you can overcome your fears. You can overcome anxiety and be happy and feel joy. And that is like the main message that I want to send out to everybody is there's hope. How are businesses changing how they mm-hmm. address anxiety? and how they encourage mental health. Yeah, so I think that's also a great thing a lot of corporations are now addressing is um, having like this flexibility of work hours, like the work from home. A lot of people prefer that actually. And um, so they're adjusting their uh, models to reflect that and um, bringing in, like I do a lot of corporate speaking and corporate wellness presentations. And so a lot of businesses have been reaching out to me to come to their, uh, to talk to their employees about different tools. A lot of corporations offer like employee assistance programs. So check with your employer to see what mental health resources they provide for you. Cause sometimes it's not always known. Mm-hmm. So definitely talk to like your HR departments. And I think that, you know, there's a lot that will go into it. It's not going to be like easy fix, um, but really addressing like the core issues of why people are feeling stressed at work. So that may be pay, right? So like mm-hmm. that may be being able to, excuse me, take breaks during the day without feeling guilty. That may start from leadership. So like talking to your leadership and so that they can model that behavior for their employees. Like if my if I see my boss taking a lunch break, I'm more likely to take a lunch break. If I don't, then I'm not going to because I I'm going to be like, well, he's going to judge me or I'm going to get like I'm going to be looked on as like I'm not working or I'm lazy, etc. But if it's encouraged in the workplace to take frequent breaks in the day, mm-hmm. to go outside for a little walk, even if it's walking meeting, um to take a a break in the day. And if I see the leaders doing that, then I'm more likely to do it. If the leader stops sending emails at like 5 a.m. and at 10, 8 p.m., then I will feel more um, okay with sticking within the nine to five hours, right? Mm -hmm. So honestly, it really does start with leadership. And uh, hopefully that's my second book, (laughs) fingers crossed, is, um, you know, a book about what leaders and bosses can do to lower stress at work, especially for their employees and create a more thriving environment for their employees. So yeah, there's only so much an employee can do. And I, I, I think that people should advocate for themselves. They should talk to their bosses. Um, It's not, that's also very not easy to do that. It's um, but if you can get to a place where you feel comfortable to talk to your boss about the issues that you're having or, you know, your needs, you may be surprised because 
if you think about it, the other person sitting across from you is also human. You know, we also forget that like our bosses, our bosses are humans and they also have feelings, have stress, (laughs) actually employ like managers and bosses have probably the most stress because they're dealing with bosses above them and then they're employees that they're managing so they may actually relate to you in more ways than you think so if you're if you really have like a good heart to heart like human to human connection conversation um like listen this is what i'm experiencing here are some of the things that you know if you come with facts like i've done this 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 and this is my solution or proposition like say you know you need to pick up your kid after at daycare, like, mm-hmm. is it okay if I work an hour earlier and leave an hour earlier so that I could pick up my kid? Like, maybe your boss may be flexible in that, and you may be surprised. But we're also we're always so afraid to have these difficult conversations that if you don't ask, the answer is always no, right? So yeah, just step outside your comfort zone a little bit and talk to your bosses. They're humans too. <laughs> <laughs> I get a lot of uh, questions from my clients, most of whom are CEOs, about what to do when a client, or not a client, excuse me, a employee continues mm-hmm. to bring their personal life into mm-hmm. work. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of compassionate CEOs who yes. are very flexible, who do give you time off, who want to know that they you they care about you. Um, and there's we're always walking that line of when are we moving outside of workability versus where are we being compassionate? And I think it's a really interesting balance to talk about. I had a client recently who has a new employee who, when they're doing great, they're great. Mm. And then other days they show up like they're not there at all and Mm. they miss deadlines and they're really stuck on what to do. And as you know, with human nature, we start to cross the list off. Like maybe they don't belong here. Right. (laughs) And, you know, we were talking about how to bridge that gap of how they can help them um, decide what to bring or not bring to work and when to turn it off and when not to and what was appropriate. And I think there's a lot of gray area right now about what's appropriate for mm-hmm. discussing at work because mm-hmm. we want to take care of our people, but we also need to be focused yes. on getting the job done. Yes. So what is your advice in that space? Oh, yeah, that's a very good <laughs> question. I mean, it's... This is like, I, I, to be honest, there's no straight answer, but it's Mm -hmm. a good discussion point. So I think it's very difficult, especially as a CEO, because there's a job that needs to get done right Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, but you know, we're not robots, we're humans. So we bring, we unfortunately do bring personal life into work oftentimes, um, But I think what you're saying, the CEO is like, sit down with that employee and make a plan. Because for instance, like um, I interviewed somebody for my second book and she was saying that this employee was like really struggling and she was just like feeling overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And so as a manager, as a leader, you need to help them navigate these situations and harp on their skills focus on like what they're good at and then what they're not good at, like help them like, okay, this, like, let me present this tool to you, this course to you, this time management skill or tool for you. um, And let's work on it. So she was feeling overwhelmed with um, all the assignments that she had. And so the manager brought her in and taught her 
like how to prioritize her tasks, how to um, sort of make a list, and then what tasks to say no to. And that's something we always forget is like, there's certain things that either you could delegate or say, I'm sorry, I apologize. I, I'm at full capacity right now. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, or books to reference, like seven of, um, seven method or habits of a highly effective people, right? That, that book yep. talks about prioritizing urgent, et cetera. So as a CEO, if your if your employee is bringing personal life issues to work, one day they're good, one day they're not having these conversations with them to say like, listen, let's like figure something out. And if hopefully you could figure it out, but you know, um, providing them resources and tools for growth is probably uh, going to be the best thing that a CEO or a leader can do. It's hard sometimes not to bring our personal life into work, uh, especially when we're dealing with real life shit, right? Like it's hard. Um, But I think acknowledging that as a CEO and then also as a manager and CEO, you need to remember like you are not a therapist and you are not a mental health professional. So you don't need to take on all of that load. Mm -hmm. That's not your job responsibility. And like you said, where's that line, right? Between talking about like real personal issues and like seeing the other person as a human. Um, So yeah, sometimes you do have to draw a line and say like, you know, I can reference you to somebody or maybe, maybe a good idea to talk to a mental health professional. Um, I can help you in this way. Like maybe I can help you with the organization or time management skills, um, or I can help you in this, 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 et cetera, right? X, Y, and Z. Um, And then maybe refer them to somebody else. Maybe the company has, a lot of companies are now um, even having like, Calm, which is a meditation app business. There's Headspace business. Um, Maybe have those kind of resources for your employees or give them time in the day. Like, hey, 10 minutes, go meditate. Yeah. You know, take your, like you have 50, I do this 15 minute worry time. (laughs) You have 15 (laughs) minutes in the day, set the timer. That's the only time you have to worry. Worry all you want, write it down, journal, get it out of your head onto the paper. That's really helpful, by the way when you have like these like racing thoughts to just write them because it gets it out of your head and like releases that. Um, and then, you know, then we got to get back to work. We got to and then showing them like why they're doing it. So motivate them, right? Like what is the real purpose of, I've seen great like managers and CEOs like really rally their employees over like the simplest things, like whether that be like a coffee shop or like you're doing amazing work, like you're bringing coffee to people that (laughs) is starting their day. Like really good leader can motivate employees, even on the simplest tasks um, and add that purpose. Like, why are you here? What are you really doing? Like, what's a bigger goal? What's the bigger purpose? And that's that intrinsic motivation that CEOs should always sort of and it's like constant, like, you know, it's not like one time, oh yeah, I motivated it. Like it's motivation needs to be a constant sort of thing because we kind of like forget every day we need, or every other day we need to kind of rewind it. What are we doing? Why are we here? What's the purpose? And so yeah. that would be good. Like, you know, I'm here for you like one-on-one, but here's how I'm going to help you through this. Let's get through it together. And then, you know, you got this, like, here's um, your 
motivation speech, and then let's get back to our kind of situation. <laughs> well, and, I, and I love that you started with talk to them. And the second mm-hmm. thing you said to do was give them tools that they can yes. use. Yes. I find so often leaders want to either totally avoid it mm-hmm. or stop mm-hmm. giving them work, stop mm-hmm. including them on the projects, so or just they keep yeah. pushing them over to the side because they don't know what to do. Right. Yes. So or true. they volunteer to take their work back. Mm. And I'm like, well, that's not going to help anyone because you don't have time either. <laughs> yeah. You definitely don't have time. That's so yeah. true. Yeah. But, it, um, you know, it makes me feel better that there's so many businesses being run by compassionate people who mm-hmm. do care, especially in the yes. small business space. Yeah. Um, especially in the small business case. Yes. Yeah. It, it changes everything. <clears throat> yes. And I love your thoughts on working with purpose and reminding people what the yes. purpose is. I think it matters so much for us as well. I mean, yes. CEOs forget to take care of themselves just like mm-hmm. mothers mm-hmm. do or parents mm-hmm. do. <laughs> yeah. The and, caretaker always forgets to take care of themselves. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like you recommended, I've told, I like when CEOs have their why list. Why yes. are you doing this? Because if you're yes. having a bad day, you have to go back and remember. Yes. <laughs> Your why list, exactly. Yeah. How are you incorporating what you know about mental health and anxiety and living a more balanced life mm-hmm. into how you're raising your children? Oh, I love this question. This is great because I thought that there's like a separation. And what I mm-hmm. found is actually I can include my kids on a lot of these um, tools for stress reduction. Mm-hmm. For instance, there is a book called Alpha Breaths by Chris Willard. He actually gave me a early praise quote that's on the book back of my book. He's written like 15 books. He's amazing, like world-renowned mindfulness coach. And he has this book, Alpha Breaths, which is amazing. And it basically has different sort of breathing for kids, like the lion's breath, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the alligator breath and all, and my kids love it because it's animals. He might, you know, Rayon, my son loves animals. And then it's like breathing, like in a fun way. So we do this breath work together. And yep. then we do like cosmic yoga together where we put it on YouTube. You can literally Google for free cosmic yoga. It's for kids. And we do yoga together. And then we color together, which is also a great stress reduction technique. I have my coloring books. They have their coloring books. Any like tactile activities, mm-hmm. um, like gardening, anything that where you're using your hands, cooking, mm-hmm. um, coloring, like you can include your kids on all that. And they love it. They love being a part of your life. They don't always need to have like all these special toys, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They just want to be included in what you're doing. And it's, um, it releases your stress and the, your kids stress as well. And you're doing things together. Um, what else? Like even you could sit with them and med- let's, let's just play a game. Let's see who could sit still and breathe, take a few deep breaths. Like my 14 month old knows how to take a deep breath. And when my son is having a tantrum, like she will be like, <sighs> and she, she guides him through it. And that's what I'm saying. It's never too early to start this stuff. They pick up on it and they will like, I let my kids feel what they want to feel, right? I'm not pushing away emotions or difficult emotions. Like it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. I never tell my son like, stop crying or don't cry. Like I would say, it's okay to cry. You know, I'm going to be here with you and like hug him, get on his level, breathe with him. Like I breathe and then he copies me. Um, 
and letting them just be humans because we, I think growing up, like, you know, unfortunately that's just how our parents were raised. It was like, don't cry, suck it up. All is good. Keep on moving. But unfortunately now we have a very difficult time dealing with difficult emotions because we don't know how, mm-hmm. and cause we never were allowed to, um, and now we avoid it. We avoid uncomfortable situations, difficult emotions. We don't know how to deal with it. We develop anxiety and depression because it's just too much for us. We push it down. Um, so I'm really trying to like foster an environment where all emotions are allowed and involve them in like running, right? Like we can exercise, we can play together. We can run around outside. Like working out is a great stress reductor Um stress reduction technique and eating healthy. Like you want to like cut like cucumbers with me and things like that. So um, you could definitely involve your kids because parents, we have no time, right? Like a lot of parents to me are like, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to sit and meditate. I don't have time for yoga. Then I say, include your kids in it. Even if it's 10 minutes, even five Mm -hmm. minutes, whatever it is, take it and just include them in it because this will also build these healthy stress reduction techniques for your kids as well. So they'll know what to do when they get older and how to deal with these difficult emotions. So I love that you're talking about how we can do it in five minutes. I love that you're talking about including kids. Um, I had the honor to take a psychotherapeutic yoga teacher training class. Oh, nice. I highly recommend it. It's like the only one in the U.S. right now based out of Dallas. They do it remote. It's oh, that's just, awesome. It's psychologists, neuroscientists, and yogas. Yogis came together to make an intensive um, three like course that w- braids it all together. Um, it was so fascinating. Someone not being a psychologist, wow. like yes. getting to see into that and and learn the neuroscience, and then just come away with so many techniques that I was shocked how quickly I was using it with clients. Like every class I come out of in the weekends, it'd be using it that week, and it is, it can be so simple, right? Like we make meditation yes. or yoga, like we make them these big things that we have to set aside all this time yes. for. And that's what makes me happy too, is a, I regularly use the Peloton app for yes. working out and they're like, five minutes is fine. It counts. If you did five minutes, it counts. Yes. So true. So true. <laughs> we're just, we're so uh, extreme often in what we consider like good enough or done or not done. And I think it's really interesting to be deconstructing that as well. Of yes. What, what's good enough for you? What's good enough for today? What's good enough for your body? Mm-hmm. And balancing it, right? Because every habit optimization mm-hmm. tool will be like, your schedule and this and that, and how do we optimize it? And it can really overwhelm people. And I'm yes. like, yeah, but you can also decide we're throwing all that out for today. We'll come back to it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so true. I think... You're so right. And I'm currently reading Atomic Habits mm-hmm. by James Clear. And he says the same thing. It's like small little habits, little by little, each day build up to something huge. And I, this is something I have to remind myself too, like five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minute Peloton ride, 20 minutes, that's it. Because yeah. you're right, we get overwhelmed, right? We are like, oh my God, that's going to take so much time. I can't do it. I don't have time. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> I have so much to do. I'm over. Me I have to my change husband. my clothes. Yeah. I'm busy. I'm. It's hectic. I don't have time. But I always remember small steps, small 
like small thing, one step at a time, one step at a time. That's like the mantra I tell myself when I'm like, I have so much to do. One thing at a time, yeah. one step at a time. And um, I will say like one hour at a time, if one hour is too much, 30 minutes at a time, 30 minutes too much, one minute at a time, you know, yeah. just take it present moment and start with five minutes. Like say, you know what? I'm just going to do five minutes. That's it. And then you may end up doing more. You may not. Um, but stop like as a perfectionist, which mm-hmm. I just realized I was while I was writing the book, I never considered myself a perfectionist before that, but I avoided tasks because they were overwhelming because I couldn't do it perfectly. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it exactly the way I wanted. But then my dad always says like a job, 80% well done, like done is better than a hundred percent job, not done at all. Yeah. <laughs> and so when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. And I would not do certain things, not complete certain to miss deadlines. Like it was affecting mm-hmm. my life um, because of this perfectionist uh, thinking mindset that I had. And now I'm like, you know what? Even if I do like 20 minute Peloton ride and I don't even sweat and I don't even push myself, but I just get on it then that's a win and that's fine. And you feel so good after it. Um, so like, I love that you emphasize that just small steps, five minutes at a time. Don't worry about it. Just do it. Just do yeah. it. <laughs> it's like Nike. Exactly. I don't know if it was in Atomic Habits or a different book, but I loved when someone said, like, if the first month you're only allowed to do two minutes, you yes. can't do more. And people get so mad. They're like, what do you, well, I'm here. I can't do more than two minutes. It's like, no, just two minutes. <laughs> and it's like reverse psychology effort of, because mm. once you're there, you usually want to do yes. more. You're yes. usually like, well, I'm here. Like I put right. my sneakers on. I'm not right. going to run for five minutes. That sounds right. dumb. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it is, it's so much of that prep. I know for me. Yes, yeah, the prep. Yeah. Like if I, if I know that I have a big day and I'm like, oh, I have to change clothes and shower again. Yes. And I'm like, oh yes. gosh, like. It's not the working out. It's all the before yeah. and after to pivot between activities that will make you're me so be like, right. mm, maybe I'll just like do five minutes of core before I go to bed. And you're like, that is so, in my book, that's like so cheating, but okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is the prep. So I just put my workout mm-hmm. gear right in the morning. I'm already dressed to go. So that kind of helps me. Um, but you're right. Like if then I'm like, okay, well then I have to change and shower and then get ready. And then I have another meeting. I have this. And then it's yeah. like, okay, well maybe I'll do something where I don't sweat too much. So I don't have to shower <laughs> or like something that's like yoga. Like, yeah, yeah. I, well don't underestimate yoga because it can yeah. be very difficult and you can sweat a lot, but like, maybe I'll just do like light yoga, uh-huh. you know, something that maybe you don't have to like shower per se. Well, you should, but if you can't, you know, just something like that or walk, take a walk. Yes. Or dance. I love dancing. Like Zuba is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's so many things that women today have to manage. We just listed a few, right? Like Mm -hmm. what are the kids doing? What are the kids eating? Like, am I working out? Am I not? My meetings, a woman's to-do list never gets shorter no matter never, what's happening. Never ends. <laughs> and I feel like with the state of the world today, it just keeps getting larger. Oh yeah. Um, you know, how do you go throughout your day to really decide like what matters to you that day and how are you going to be intentional with your time? Yes. Uh, you know, I feel like 
as women, we take on so much. We take on the whole world's load onto our shoulders. And then as moms, we also take on <laughs> the universe's <laughs> load onto our shoulders. Um, we're like women, I don't know, are afraid to ask for help. They're afraid to delegate things. They think and they feel like they should do it all. Mm-hmm. And I don't know exactly where this mentality came from. Who the um, sick where, person was that told us that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you have to do it. And the thing is like, maybe it's, we saw our moms doing it all, right? Like my mom didn't, we're, I'm a, we're, I'm one of four. We didn't have babysitters. We didn't have a nanny. Um, but my mom didn't work, but like, you know, um, there's four kids. Like she still deserved a break, even if she wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And I think what we need to remember is like, let's learn to ask for help. That's a skill to learn to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So if we can like delegate some things, get a babysitter, get a nanny, get somebody that can help you out for a few hours a day or whatever you need or daycare, et cetera. Like that's okay. And giving yourself permission, Mm -hmm. um, that's okay. Like you can still be a very present mom. You could be a great mom. Um, I just saw a post the other day, which was saying like, well, if you have a nanny, like you're not cooking, you're not cleaning. Like, how are you being a mom? Like, how are you being a good mom? And the thing is, (laughs) the point is that cooking and cleaning are not exclusive to moms, like Mm -hmm. non-moms or non, like men also cook and clean. So that has nothing to do with parenting. Then also like you can, like a nanny or whoever is only there for a few hours a day. What about all the other hours Mm -hmm. of the day where you are very present with your kids, you're taking care of them, you're cooking for them, you are teaching them, you're playing with them and you're connecting with your kids and loving them. Love is the most important thing at the end of the day. Love. That's what will heal all. That's what will be remembered forever. Um, And so I think like learning to really ask for help, learning to take time for yourself, learning to have that present, really be intentional with your time. Um, And again, it's okay to like have lazy days and just binge watch and just chill um, that's totally okay. We don't have to be productive all the time. Um, you know, we sometimes we need to rest and mm-hmm. rest can look very different for a lot of different people. So whatever that looks like for you, take that time to rest, recharge, and just replenish your soul so you can get back to hundred percent, fill your tank and then keep on keeping on, you know, <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> the, the title of this podcast being powerful ladies can be mm-hmm. controversial for some people. So I'm curious what you think powerful means by itself, what ladies means by itself and what you think powerful ladies means when they're next to each other. Wait, why is it controversial? Well, it, everyone has an opinion or a thought about oh. it. Like it's not like when you, when my experience has been that when people see powerful ladies, it always causes a thought or a reaction. Mm. And I've had people say, why just ladies or why ladies and not women or um, (laughs) why not powerful humans? And (laughs) like it, there's lots of opinions. So I think it's really interesting to ask, you know, what do those words mean to you and Mm -hmm. do they change when they're together? That's interesting you say that because um, I feel like people... (laughs) are a little bit nitpicky nowadays where, you know, um, empowerment, by the way, Mm -hmm. like that 
recently too, maybe not recently, but like when people like empowering women, well, women are already empowered. So it's like, uh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Or powerful women. Well, women are already powerful. I don't know. I love the title. I think it's great. I think we are powerful ladies. We're powerful women, whether it's ladies or women, it doesn't really matter to me. I think it has the same meaning. Um, I think it's beautiful that you highlight all these women who are doing amazing things and showing, showcasing like how powerful we really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the title. I have nothing bad to say about it. I <laughs> more props to you. I think um, women are powerful. Mm-hmm. We give birth. Let's be real. Like, are you serious? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that is in itself is like one of the most intense, powerful moments that a human experiences. So who are powerful women in your life that have inspired you, supported you and guided you along your way? Well, I have to say my mom, let's be real. Like she is Mm -hmm. the real OG. She's like so amazing. You know, four kids (coughs) went through, um, had a stillborn birth, had a miscarriage. So really six pregnancies, she raised us all and with like love and compassion and really let us fly. Like let us do things for our education. Let us go. And my mom is like, she's like, um, what do they call it? Like a helicopter mom, like my yeah. <laughs> a helicopter parent where she's a warrior worry not she's also a warrior but like warrior (laughs) and she just like but she let us go even though for her like she would cry a lot and it would we didn't know this but like Mm -hmm. she would be so stressed out about and still to this day like I'm I have my own kids like she calls me multiple times a day like she keeps in touch with all four of us and Mm -hmm. she just is so caring and loving and I think seeing like how you can be powerful, but still kind and compassionate and loving. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still impact so many people, whether you work or you don't work. Um, you could still be super smart, like my mom and, and intelligent. And um, whether you're, you know, she doesn't have, she doesn't work, but like, she still has such a huge impact on this, on people that she runs into and like, you know, supports and all her children. Um, so I think like that to me is really beautiful. Somebody who can be kind and compassionate and still like leave a positive impact on this world. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, powerful ladies know that they have certainly have not gotten here by themselves. Right. And we can't function yes. on a day-to-day basis by ourselves either yeah, uh, in a healthy way. <laughs> we yes. certainly can uh, through stress and anxiety. And that's okay in, in I say, sprints. But in the long term, yes. it's so different having a support system. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at your peers and your communities, how do they impact how you're able to be your best self? I think um, women supporting other women is just really important especially nowadays because unfortunately we were brought up with this notion that we needed to compete with each other that Mm -hmm. we can't all be winners and that um if she wins I lose 
And that narrative really needs to change and it is changing. And I think that's why I feel like your podcast is so important as well, because you're supporting other women, you're highlighting other women. And um, that is really beautiful because together we're stronger and together we can make even a greater impact and we can all win. Like my win is your win. Your win is my win. Like we can really do so much when we have each other's back and whether that's in your community, finding others, connecting, being a connector. So, Hey, I think you should really talk to this other women because you guys could really collaborate and work on this project together. Um, So being a giver, connector, these things are really important for the growth of all womenhood and ladies um, instead of like, oh, I'm not going to share this or I'm not going to share her her project or her event mm-hmm. because I don't want her to get more people or supporters or money, whatever it is. Like, you know, think about it. If you really think about it, like, is that really going to do anything? Actually, it's probably going to cause you more harm and pain. That person's still probably going to succeed, by the way, whether yeah. <laughs> you have their back or not, whether you share their... Uh, event or you don't like that person is still going to keep going and succeeding so you know like but listen you know what really happens is when you help other people you also grow and you also um you know can be successful because the more we give the more we get back that's Mm -hmm. honestly i feel like that's how the universe sort of works the more you give the more you get back the more you are kind, the more kindness comes back to you. So whatever you're putting out in there in the universe is going to come back to you. So always remember that when you're like, you know, sending out negative vibes or being jealous of somebody or thinking negative things like that's going to come back to you. Um, So, but just try it. Like if you're that person out there, which I don't know if people have self-awareness of that, I'm not sure. But if you think like, oh, shoot, I do say that sometimes, maybe not your fault. It may be just the way we were brought up in the society. But being aware of that, like, oh, I do that. Maybe I want to try to change it. If you start supporting people, start being kind, start like helping other ladies out, Mm -hmm. you will see the results. Trust me, just try it out. You will see more will come back to you. And I swear by that. So (laughs) I totally agree. Yeah, there's there's um, plenty of room for everyone to be sharing their gifts and what makes them special and being in contribution. And we need everyone doing that work because there's so many things in the world to fix and tackle and make better and improve. And um, just you you feel the difference when you're in a room full of people who are in alignment either with their purpose or choosing things intentionally versus those who aren't. Yeah, and exactly. I'm very clear what room I want to be in as much yes. as possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's uh, just, you know, it comes back. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the more you give, the more you'll get back for sure. Yeah. So for everyone who wants to support you, reach out to you, work with you, find your book, um, where can they do all of those things? Um, you can visit my website. It's www.masumaa.com. Um, you can find my book on Amazon. It's called Take Your Lunch Break. You can connect with me on Instagram, which is also at 
Masuma, M-A-S-S-O-M-A-A. And I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on TikTok. I don't know what else. Yeah. Facebook, whatever. You know, I'd love to connect with people. I would love to hear what people think about my book. Um, If they want to work with me, I do do corporate wellness presentations, one-on-one coaching. And, um, you know, I would love to talk to everybody who's interested. Love that. We also ask everyone on the podcast where they put themselves in the powerful lady scale. If zero is average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and where would you put yourself on average? You know what? I'm going to say 10. You know, I know that's like, (laughs) what? Okay, ambitious. Because I truly believe that when you believe in yourself Mm -hmm. and that you are proud of yourself and confident, you will be that. So what you believe is what you become. And Mm -hmm. so for me, I'm always like, but the only problem with the 10 is that I don't leave room for growth. So, you know, I always think you should always be growing and learning, Mm -hmm. but you are perfect the way you are. Like, it's okay. Like, yeah, sure. We all have areas of growth and that's fine, but we are amazing. We are powerful and we are perfect. So just, you know, um, having that self-confidence and just believing in yourself goes a long way. That belief, that manifesting, like I am amazing. It works. (laughs) It does. It does. (laughs) I I had a guest on recently who now keeps a to-do list and it's a manifest list. Yes. The to-do list she knows how to solve the manifest. She doesn't, but she writes it down anyway. And I'm like, I love that. (laughs) I know. I love it. It's like, you just, you know, you just got to believe in yourself and Mm -hmm. uh, like having a focus of where you want to go or what you want to do. And when you think that can happen, your whole world, your lens, your, you start focusing on that goal and start finding things in your life that affirm that belief. So if I believe I'm amazing, like my brain will try to prove that it's called confirmation bias. And so it will find things like, oh yeah, there, look, you're amazing. Look, look, look. (laughs) And so like that positive self-talk is literally the number one thing you can do to increase your happiness. Um, And so that's something I've been really working on lately. And I'm not trying to sound cocky or like arrogant when I say that. It's more about hopefully it sounds more like confident. Self-love, right? Yeah, self-love. There you go. There's nothing (laughs) wrong with being confident. And as women, we're always like, oh, well, you know, you don't want to be too confident. You can look off as like arrogant or boss bitch or whatever, or like a bit, but like, no, no, it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to be proud of yourself. Yeah. Like, it is. You know, you go girl, go for it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> this year, we've also been asking every guest, um, what do they need? What's on your wish list? This is a powerful community with lots of resources and connectors and gifters and all the things. Uh, so what's something that you are looking for? Oh, wow. That's great. I love that. What do I need? Um, well, reviews on Amazon would be really mm-hmm. helpful. Uh, that really helps authors increase their visibility and credibility. Um, if anybody's interested in my services, like me coming to your workplace to do a presentation, that would be great. Uh, you can email me at masuma.alam at gmail.com or check out my website. And um, just uh, anybody who wants to chat, you know, about 
mental health, workplace wellness. I am, I love having deep, meaningful conversations like we had today. This was really um, in, you know, replenishing. I think mm-hmm. these meaningful conversations are important. And um, if anybody just wants to chat, I love that. <laughs> Amazing. Well, this has also been very filling for me as well. This, I do the podcast. Thank you. 99% selfishly um, <laughs> <laughs> to hang out with amazing people like you and have great conversations. Oh, it just so you. happens that everyone else gets to listen in too. Yeah. Um, but it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today. Um, I'm excited to have more people reading your book. I'm excited for them to see your TED Talk, especially with its Thank fun you. name. I was not expecting it to include Ghost spaghetti. spaghetti. Yes. Yeah, it's on, it's on YouTube, Ghost Spaghetti, which is another great tool for kids too, by the way. You can use that with kids. Perfect. Um, but yeah, it's such a pleasure to meet you and know that oh, you are up to you. great things in the world and you are making the impact in your corner so that um, those of us who aren't in Buffalo can relax knowing we got a powerful lady in Buffalo, guys. Oh, covered. thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to be on the show and talk to you as well. You're awesome. Thank you so much. All the links to connect with Musuma and her book are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. They're critical for our podcast visibility and getting us in front of more people like you who would love to hear this episode. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and new amazing guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.